Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day and welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. Darren Mitchell here on this Thursday, the 27th of October, 2022. And I was about to say, what a beautiful day to be alive, which it is, because every day when you wake up on the right side of the ground is a great start, as my friend and colleague out of the States, Mr. Sam Crowley, always says. But uh, it's not really a great day because it's uh, it's raining, it's miserable, typical Melbourne uh, weather. And for those of you who do not live in Melbourne, you probably understand that people talk about Melbourne weather being not great. And even in the Macedon Ranges, which is an hour north of Melbourne, it is still the same because it's uh, it's been dreary and miserable today. And I've got to say, uh, in springtime, when the temperature starts to rise and the rain starts to pelt down, when the sun comes out, the grass starts to grow almost like you can see it growing. So I've got no idea when I'm going to get out and mow the lawns. It's uh, it's growing like a maniac and it's really, really damp. So if I get on my rider mower, it is just going to sink. So uh, hopefully before Christmas, I can get out there and start to slash the grass and get the place looking uh, a little bit more respectable and start to get it, get it back to... A level of excellence that I like to keep it to, which has been really difficult over the uh, over the winter months. So, uh, in today's podcast, I want to talk about excellence and how excellence is not optional. Now, in working with sales leaders and their teams for many many years now, I am still staggered at the number of individuals, whether it be the salespeople or, in many cases, the sales leaders, who search for the easy road, the shortcut. And I recall a number of my account managers back in the day, uh, none of which, by the way, are probably going to be listening to this particular podcast uh, because they do other things now, but uh, they used to come to me, expect me as the sales manager to provide them with very, very highly qualified, almost red hot leads so they can go out and just have the conversation, drink a couple of cups of coffee, get the deal done, and everybody was happy. They would go to the bank and uh, cash in those commission checks. In other words, shortcut, the road of least resistance. Many of them expecting instant results. And therefore, what they do, they often would apply token efforts to achieve those results. And when those results were not forthcoming, in particular with one individual, which I've referred to a number of times, and I will not reveal that person's name because it wouldn't be fair on them, nor on any other person that was associated with them, they would look to blame everybody else. They would look to blame external forces to justify why they didn't get a deal or why they didn't do this or why they didn't do that. And in many cases, it was my fault. Nothing to do, of course, with the fact that they didn't take any responsibility for their prospecting, their account management, their time management, their productivity, their strategy development, keeping up to date in the CRM system, liaising with internal stakeholders, none of that had anything to do with the fact that they were not successful. In fact, it was always somebody else's fault. And it was fascinating to watch. And I've seen over the years that sort of pattern repeat in a number of organizations. And interestingly, no matter what industry you look at or what role you look at within that industry, success and failure leaves clues and it always will. And what it is, it's the astute individual who is the student, who will observe and ask curious-based questions, who will look for signals and who will look for strategies and look for opportunities to learn off other people and look for and analyze clues and who will tap into the one force which will separate and does separate exceptional performers from everybody else. And this is a thing called excellence. Now, 
Many people say, yeah, I have, I have excellence running through my veins or we are an excellence-based organization. So our team and every part of the team knows exactly what they need to do to drive towards excellence. And when you hear that and when you see the actions that come from the so-called excellence, there is often a big void between what they say and what they do. So big, in fact, that you could drive a truck through it and in some cases fly a plane through it. There's such a huge disparity. So one of the things that I do a lot with with sales teams and do a lot with leaders of sales teams is work on this thing called excellence and really start to instill a culture and a belief and a value, if you like, or a standard of excellence not being optional. And it's not. It is not optional. So if you want to be good at anything, you can't just turn up and be average. You can't not put the work in and expect to get fantastic results because how hard you work, and yes, there is credence in the fact that you work smarter, not necessarily harder. But in order to work smarter, you need to know what the strategies are. You know, need to know what buttons to push and levers to pull in order to get the best possible outcome to drive towards excellence. For, for many people, it means we've got to actually work really, really hard to develop the discipline, develop some consistency around the actions we need to take so that excellence is an opportunity in order to get. But excellence is also a mindset. So from a sales leadership point of view, just want to touch on a few things that around excellence that as a sales leader, if you're listening to this, and thinking about, you know what, our team's doing pretty well. I reckon I'm doing okay as a sales leader, but there's still another level we can get to. How can I start to instill a higher level of excellence in myself from my thinking point of view, some of the habits that I can develop so that I can start to see these play out with my team and I can start to encourage my team to maybe take on some of these things as well to strive towards becoming even more excellent in how we go about business. So the first the first thing to think about is excellence is not optional. If our ambition is to be an exceptional sales leader and therefore deliver exceptional results, drive exceptional performance that the results become sustainable and duplicatable and replicable, then excellence is mandatory. It's not about turning up and doing things half-baked. And if you look at most elite sports teams, for example, uh, in any sport whatsoever, the teams that are at the top of their game make sure they've got the standards in place and the performance metrics in place, but also the effort that backs up those metrics to make sure they give themselves an opportunity to achieve the outcomes. Now, you just have to look at this year's AFL season where Geelong were this year in particular by far the best team over the journey of the season. And then you look at the review that the Essendon Footy Club have done where they've just completed an internal review and a bit of an external review on the, on the program and they've found out that their players were probably not as fit as they should have been or certainly as they could have been to be able to compete with the best teams in the competition. So it's a great example of excellence not necessarily being something that was instilled into every part of that business and every part of that organization to the point where the people who were executing the strategy didn't deliver on the capability because they probably didn't work hard enough. They might have been applying token effort but they were talking a good game. So they thought excellence was a certain benchmark until they actually started to compare themselves to the real benchmark. And this is one of the key things that excellence is something that we have to take on board as first of all, a mindset, but then think about what are the standards of excellence that we need to actually set. Now, if you look at organizations like the Geelong Footy Club, they set really, really high standards, not just for the leaders, but also for every single player and every single stakeholder of that organization. So as a sales team, we should be doing exactly the same thing. What are the standards of excellence that we're going to put in place for ourselves? And what are the standards of excellence we're going to expect others to adhere to as well? And that includes expectations as well. Excellence also requires consistency in the application of those standards. So it's one thing to sit at the start of the year and say, right, these are the standards, these are the objectives, these are the values, this is the vision, the mission, etc., etc. 
Too often, though, organizations put it back into the shelf or put it into the drawer and don't dust it off until six months down the track where they do a bit of a review. Excellence requires consistency in the application on a daily basis and it becomes non-negotiable. Excellence also involves doing what is right 100% of the time irrespective of how you feel and this is a big one because there are so many leaders out there who talk a good game who think for the most part I'm demonstrating a level of excellence but there may be conditions attached. So I'm not doing this 100% of the time. And remember, as we talked about yesterday and many other times before, your team is always watching and your team is a reflection of you. And things, funnily enough, have a way of playing out. And I was doing a workshop today with a group of individuals who were talking about how they provide levels of service and interaction internally with each other. And when there is potential conflict, somehow that finds its way out into the external marketplace. Sometimes it's hard to understand how that happens, but it just does because people's BS meters are pretty astute, particularly here in Australia. So we've got to make sure that we're doing the right thing 100% of the time, irrespective of how we feel. Excellence also involves being the example you'd like to see play out in your team. And we talk about this a lot, about modeling excellence. So what is the standard you want to see? What do you want to be doing? And how do you want your team to be behaving? Because we first have to show the way as sales leaders before our team sometimes will be able to show the way for others and also for themselves. So make sure we're being the example, which means we've got to be really, really clear on what we stand for and what's important to us as a leader. Excellence also involves being uncompromising on the expectations you have for yourself and also for others. It's about driving accountability. Now, this might mean that you might have to have some difficult conversations with somebody. And again, talking to a group yesterday, sometimes the challenging thing for them was actually communicating upwards and leading upwards and managing performance of people above them. That is, when expectations are set or standards are set or KPIs are set and they're filtering down from senior leaders and certainly one up, two up managers, and when those particular managers who are setting those expectations are starting to behave in a different fashion, it almost says, hey, this is the KPI I'm setting you, but I don't have to keep myself to the same standard. That does not work and that does not cut it and that is not excellent. So being uncompromising in the expectations but also being uncompromising in the efforts around having that conversation and demonstrating the courage to have the conversation is what will separate us from our competition. Excellence is also therefore providing feedback constantly irrespective of how the feedback may be received because again we've got to be thinking about what is the intention we're putting it out with. If the intention is to help and the intention is to drive towards a higher standard of excellence, which becomes non-negotiable, then, hey, it doesn't really matter how people are going to respond to it because you need to be consistent to your values because what's the point of setting high standards if you're not going to live up to them and deliver against them on a consistent basis? So having that feedback culture, which we talk about a lot as well, is a really important thing. So whether you're giving feedback to your team around the standards, and certainly remember we're giving feedback based on behavior. We're never giving feedback based on the individual and certainly not the opinions of what we think about that individual. Always giving feedback that is constructive, that is designed to help, not to hinder. Uh, In most cases, it will be received with the intention that it's given. Excellence is also about having a very specific and optimistic intention for who you want to be and what you'd like your team to be known for. This is about knowing what your team stands for, the team's values, but also as we talked about in yesterday's episode as well, understanding who do I need to be as a leader. If I'm going to be driving towards excellence, and if excellence is not optional for me, and it's a non-negotiable, then who do I need to be? What sort of standards do I need to set for myself, and what sort of excellence am I going to put out in terms of the example I set on a constant basis? Does this mean I'll get it right all the time, constantly? No. 
But if I start with the optimistic intention for who I need to be and who I want to be, then I've got a lot more uh, control over the activities and the actions and the behaviors that I demonstrate that should be aligned with that uh, intention. Excellence is also doing what is required no matter how small and no matter who is watching to the highest expectations. And I often share with groups uh, the great story of the All Blacks. And when you think about the All Blacks and the story of the All Blacks, and this is historical, this is also generational because the culture of the All Blacks is such that they have taken, well, first of all, they take a huge amount of pride in who they are. And so from the jerseys point of view, they place a huge amount of emphasis on the importance of the jerseys to the point where it never, ever is allowed to touch the ground. But also when you think about excellence, Excellence is personified by everything they do, and the standards they have are just incredible to the point where their leadership team, uh, there's no real hierarchy, even though they do have leaders and even though they therefore have captains, but no job is too big or too small. So when I, when I mention hierarchy, there's no hierarchical control that says, hey, as the captain, I do not have to do these certain tasks to the point where it's completely the opposite. In fact, the captain is one of the first people that will pick up a broom and start sweeping out the sheds. And this is where the concept of sweeping the sheds comes from in terms of the All Blacks. So in other words, there is no task that is beyond the capability or beyond the, I guess, the responsibility of the leader, of the captain. So they will always sweep out the sheds. In other words, it's basically doing what's required, no matter how small, and also no matter who is watching to the highest expectations, and they do what needs to be required. Excellence is also leaving every single person you interact with, and I talk about this a lot, with the impression of increase. In other words, they feel so much better about themselves and about the interaction with you. It's not necessarily feeling better about you, but excellence has a funny way of rubbing off on other people because you leave them with a feeling Wow, that was a phenomenal conversation. I feel better now having had that interaction with that salesperson or with that sales leader. And it's how you make people feel that rubs off. Excellence is also about continuing to move forward, continuing to take affirmative action and never resting until the result is locked in. Always being open to feedback, always looking at what's working and perhaps what's not working and adjusting accordingly. But instead of working according to a finite time frame, how about we actually change it to an infinite time frame and say, we're going to continue to work. We're going to continue to double down our efforts. We're going to continue to show our levels of excellence until the result is actually locked in. That's what exceptional salespeople do. It's certainly what exceptional sales leaders do, which uh, to sum up, excellence is what makes exceptional people exceptional. So here's the question. As a sales leader or as a aspiring sales leader, are you a model of excellence? Do you have and maintain uncompromising standards of excellence in everything you do? When I say everything you do, everything you do, both at work and also outside of work, are you a model also of consistency? Because if you're committed to becoming an exceptional sales leader, then excellence is actually not optional. It is mandatory, it is non-negotiable, and it will become part of your leadership DNA. And here's the thing, when this is locked in, just watch what happens, not only to the behaviors, engagement, and results in your sales team, but also how this potentially is leveraged across other teams within your organization. Or think about this, how about if this starts to play out in your customers and key stakeholders that you deal with on a daily basis? When that happens, you become unstoppable and there is some amazing, amazing stuff is going to happen. So as we wrap up this particular episode, remember this, the key message is excellence is not optional. It is mandatory. So I trust that message helps and I trust that message makes sense. And of course, when you are ready and committed to take your leadership to that exceptional level where you understand and can lock in that excellence is not optional, 
hey, I'd love to have a conversation about potentially working one-on-one with you, helping you become that exceptional sales leader that you know you are destined to become, and maybe in the process also helping your sales team become also exceptional in what they do as well. So to do that, two things. One, go to leadwithdarren.com, pick a time, we'll jump on Zoom, have that conversation, map out a plan and start the execution strategy ASAP. The other way is come directly to me via phone or text on 412 or if you're out of Australia, plus 61412 So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.